Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. This is Greg Likens, formerly host of the Finsiders, currently with 790 The Ticket in Miami, and you're listening to On the Finside. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the Finside. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side. You can follow us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, Spreaker, and on YouTube. Paul and I are back at it, and we will be here throughout the rest of the summer, throughout the fall, throughout the winter, all the way through the 2018 NFL Draft. Uh, We like to take a few weeks off to recharge the batteries after the NFL Draft and get back into it, and that's what we're going to do bringing you a lot of great Dolphins content. Today, we're taking a look at the Dolphins offseason. We've slept a lot since the NFL draft. Not a whole lot has happened, but we're going to talk about a few things that we really liked about the Dolphins offseason, a few things we may have done a little bit differently. Paul, let's uh, let's start with the good. Uh, what, what was your favorite thing of what the Miami Dolphins did this offseason? I have to go with the Kenny Stills resigning, and, and not just because they resigned him, but I know we've talked about this a little bit in the past for some of our listeners out there. This may be a little bit of overkill for you, but I really do want to tell you guys it's this was the point in time that you can probably look back in a year, two years, three years and say, it's the line in the sand that there's been tons of talk throughout the last 10 years, 15 years about the changes in Miami, how they're changing the culture, how they're, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, party line, party line, party line. This was the first full-on bit of physical evidence. Kenny Stills took between 2 and $3 million less a year to come back to Miami to play for Gase, to play in this system that he likes, to re- remain with his teammates in Miami. You don't do that for a team you can't stand. You look at the New York Jets, everybody's jumping off the damn ship. They're asking for out. And, and all management can say is, yeah, they, you know what, fine, because we got nothing. So for me, it's it's definitely that stills resigning for numerous reasons. We You know, we could talk about how it keeps the big three together at wide receiver, but it's the fact that he came back at a discounted price because this is where he wants to be. That is an indicator that the culture has changed. Not changing the culture, it has been changed finally. One of – my favorite moves too was re-signing Kenny Stills, and I, I'm of the opinion the Dolphins wouldn't have been ten and six without Kenny Stills' emergence. I think they would have been seven and nine or eight and eight, and, and I have some proof of that too. I mean, you look at Week Seven against the Bills. Dolphins are up by four points, three minutes left, third down. Kenny Stills catches a 66-yard touchdown. Dolphins are down ten nothing to the Chargers. Stills catches a 39-yard touchdown. Dolphins are losing the momentum against the 49ers. Kenny Stills catches a 42-yard touchdown. Uh, Against the Arizona Cardinals, he catches that big pass in overtime to ice the game. Also catches a 52-yarder the following week to put the Dolphins up ahead of the Jets 13-7, and then they never look back. So, yeah, and people are forgetting this guy just turned 25 years old, so he's turning into a better all-around receiver. 
One of the things I really liked that the Dolphins did, I thought this was their biggest need at defensive end. I mean, you look last year, Paul, at defensive end, Mario Williams and Terrence Fiday. Dolphins' third and fourth defensive ends, and people can say, well, you know, they're just backups. Not really in this situation. I mean, Mario Williams and Fiday played combined for 22 games. They had 622 snaps and one and a half sacks in, in those snaps. Now you, you substitute two useless play, players in Mario Williams and Terrence Fiday. You put in Charles Harris, the Dolphins' first-round pick, and William Hayes acquired in a trade from the Rams. Now you have a first-round rookie. You have an edge setter at that defensive end spot. Uh, I really wish that they could continue that depth and building that at the defensive tackle spot. Also, two other moves I really liked as well, More some low, lower-key signings. Tight end Anthony Fasano. I like getting one of the best blocking tight ends in here. Allows the Dolphins to run a lot of different packages. They can go three wide. They can go two tight end with Julius Thomas and Anthony Fasano. Uh, also like the, the TJ McDonald signing, you know, minimum salary. He's going to be suspended for the first eight games, but really could be uh, a piece that you throw in there along with Rashad Jones at that safety spot uh, toward the second half of the year. To piggyback off the TJ McDonald signing, the fact that they signed Nate Allen, who I may not be a huge fan of Nate Allen as a starter at this point, given his injury history and concerns, but he is a way better depth piece at safety than we've had behind anybody not named Rashad Jones over the past several seasons. We saw it last year when Rashad went down. We saw it even further when Issa went down. We saw it a couple of years ago when Louis Delmas went down. Not to take away from Walt Aikens and Michael Thomas, they're great special teamers and, and what have you. They, they're Pro Bowl-level special teamers, to be honest with you. They're not great safeties at this point. They haven't shown anything that they're a great safety. If they had, we wouldn't have seen Bakari Rambo on the field last season. If they had, we wouldn't have seen the two of them, when they've been given the opportunity, keep getting put on the field and yanked off the field. So getting somebody like Nate Allen, who, once T.J. McDonald comes back, can probably more than adequately backfill reliably if one of the two starters goes down down the stretch. It's huge. We saw how much secondary depth can be a concern for not just the Dolphins, but other teams. So a guy like Nate Allen, that's a huge signing as well. The other really positive thing, and I have to, I have to throw this out there really quick, is all the reports, and, and I know they're not in pads yet. Let's not get super stoked about who made what play without pads on. What I want to talk about with this guy, though, is Devontae Parker, by all reports, by accounts of his teammates and his coaches who have already shown that they're willing to say out in the media, this guy needs to get off his ass and actually approach this like a professional and give it his, his all day in and day out. It seems like that last season when Richard Matthews was in Miami, when all of a sudden that light clicked on and the maturity issues went away, he's approaching the game with effort. If he says he's going to be somewhere, he is there. And he's early and he's giving it his all as opposed to being kind of a game day player doing the sleepwalk thing throughout the week until then. So that's a very, very positive sign because this is a guy that if he if he puts the effort in, he's got all the God-given talent on the planet. And this wide receiver trio could be astounding if he's able to step up his game and his effort like we've seen so far. And finally, now Devontae Parker, for the first time in three years, 
is not hurt at this point in the offseason. I mean, it seems like every summer this guy is battling some sort of foot injury, some sort of ankle problem, or he's not in good enough shape. You know, Adam Gase has really gotten under the skin of a lot of these players. Juwan James last year benched him for, for a brief period of time. Same thing with Byron Maxwell. Same thing with Jay Ajayi. And they responded. And it looks like Devontae Parker's also answering that call. Paul, uh, looking at the, the negative side of the Dolphins offseason, I mean, I, I think, I, I'll be honest, I, I think there was a lot. There, was, there were several things that were handled that I would have done differently. The first one is that offensive guard spot. I, I really felt that in the Dolphins offense, when you take a look at how well Jay Ajayi plays when, he, when he's running downhill and he gets past that first wave of defensive linemen, and and can go up against linebackers and safeties and break tackles that way. And, and you look at how tough the interior defensive lines here are in the AFC East with the Jets, Patriots, and Bills. Pretty scared of Craig Urbic and Jermon Bushrod and Anthony Steen and Ted Larson and, and rookie fifth-rounder Isaac Asiata being the players that you're going to be looking at to handle those in the interior of those lines. So Looking back on the offseason, I'm shocked that they didn't take a look at some of these guards. I know some were pricey, but I would have given a lot of money to Kevin Zeichler, even more than what the Browns did at five years, $60 million, because you're getting a plug-and-play Pro Bowl-type player. Ron Leary, $9 million a year from the Broncos. You know, even taking a, a chance and kicking the tires on a chance Warmack like the Eagles did or, or like the Bengals did with Andre Smith. So that that's one thing uh, that shocks me on that. I will say I'm I'm with you to an extent with that. I mean, there were plenty of guards on the market. I was looking a little more second tier, at least for one of the spots, uh, I think, than you were. But there was a lot of talent on the guard market this offseason. This was the year that you could go out and do that. If they weren't going to go out and do that, I would have been okay with them keeping Brandon Albert. And I know he's got his meltdown going on over in Jacksonville. There's something hinky about that. We don't know the whole scenario. He was always a consummate professional in Miami. So I'm not going to dig him for whatever the hell is going on up in Jacksonville. Let's face it, it's still the Jaguars. So who the hell knows what's going on up there. But for me, I'm okay with Bushrod being back. I'm not going to throw the guy a ticker tape parade for coming back to Miami. But you know what? He was a lot steadier than pro football focus will lead you to believe last season. He wasn't great. He wasn't spectacular. He was playing next to a couple of guys that were kind of learning to be a center with Pouncey in and out of the lineup last year. He was playing next to Juwan James when Juwan James was basically not being the player he should have been early in the season that he finally turned into later in the season. So he was a little bit on an island, which is probably going to negatively impact his his pro football focus ratings. But for me, I'm okay with him over there, which means they could have spent maybe even a little bit more to plug that left guard spot. Um, so I'm with you on that. For for me, another disappointment, and this is going to be a weird disappointment. After the draft, looking back at the draft product, looking back at the players they drafted, if you showed me that list of players they drafted and I didn't watch the draft, hadn't paid attention to anything once the draft started on Thursday night until the draft was over on Saturday and all you told me was who they drafted, not who got drafted before or after them, I would have basically said, you know what, that's amazing. I love this draft because I do love the players that we got. But I didn't necessarily love the blinders-on approach that the Dolphins seem to have. 
We've talked about this a little bit at length, so I won't completely beat it to death. But it was almost like Chris Greer sat in a room, had his little fan speak mock draft, printed out the results and taped them to one side of the board. And then the other two panels of the board were, were basically like the, oh, God, what do we do if that guy's not there that I drafted on fan speak? They, it's good to have your targets, but it's also good to not completely have your blinders on either. And I think there were some things that they could have done that could have knocked this draft out of the park even more. But that being said, this is probably the draft I'm happiest with over the last, we'll go with several years. Kat, what's your second negative? There was not a player the Dolphins drafted I was unhappy with. Charles Harris and Raekwon McMillan I thought were solid picks. I, I probably would have taken somebody else. But Harris is also getting rave reviews out of camp too. And Raekwon, 20 years old, isn't going to be 21 until the middle of this upcoming season, has a long ways to go. Um, the Raekwon pick I wasn't too crazy about, and, and the reason for that is because I, I feel like if you're going to pour the amount of money into a defensive spot that you're going to put into middle linebacker with Lawrence Timmons and the second round pick in Raekwon McMillan, I, I don't want it to be a run-stuffing middle linebacker. I'd rather you just take that money or, or those resources and put it into defensive tackle and really pair somebody next to Indomitian Sue. One other thing I didn't like about this offseason was Rashad Jones, the contract extension. I thought that was ridiculous of an amount of money, and I love Rashad Jones. I don't think you're a Dolphins fan if you don't love Rashad Jones, but five years, $60 million, 32-plus million guaranteed uh, for a player who missed the second half of last season, who's going to be 30 just a few months after this season, I didn't feel like he had any leverage. And now you want to talk about how the Dolphins, toward the end of the offseason, couldn't sign a Jonathan Hankins or a Don Terry Poe or a Zach Brown because they were a few million short. There were a lot of, of dollars that were bled out into the Rashad Jones. Um, and, and finally, that, that also carries into overall – when you look at the Dolphins' free agent signings, the Nate Allens, Lawrence Timmons, Julius Thomas, uh, re-signing Rashad Jones, I, I feel like they spent all their money on these players who were between 29 and 31 years old. And when you look at free agency, that usually doesn't work out very well. You, you want to get guys who are younger, where the air is pointing up a little bit. I, I didn't quite think that they mapped out the age, the ages correctly of the free agent signings. One other small negative I'll throw out there is like you, you so, sort of alluded to there when you talked about pairing somebody reliable alongside Indomitian Sue. I like Jordan Phillips. I think he has the potential to be a very special player. I like Godshaw and I like the other guys that they've kind of plugged in that are all young. It would have been nice to have at least one proven player to put into that rotation alongside Ndamukong Sue. It didn't have to be an every down player. It didn't have to be a $10 million a year player to plug in over there. But just somebody steady and reliable where, at worst, you know what you're going to get. doesn't have to be expensive. And that way, if there's an issue, you know, you're not relying on Jordan Phillips' inconsistencies or a pair of rookies to stand out next to Ndamukong Sue. So, that, that's kind of a negative for me, but it could very easily turn into a positive for these guys if any one of those three truly pans out this year. Defensive tackle will be one to watch in August uh, because I, I think right now what the Dolphins are thinking is, okay, we've got Ndamukong Sue and Jordan Phillips as our, our first two guys. We drafted Gotcha in the fifth round, drafted Vincent Taylor in the sixth. 
And we have Nick Williams and Julius Wormsley coming back from last year. And at the first sign of trouble, we're going to go out and look at a veteran. And a few guys to keep your eye on, Dan Williams, Roy Miller, and Sanderic Marks previously, the Jaguars. Also two former Dolphins, you never know, Jared Odrek and uh, Paul Solii. So, uh, you know, I, I think that, that one of these players – can step step into that defensive tackle rotation and take up 25 to 30 snaps a game. And that will do it for our off-season recap. Be sure to listen to our next episode of On the Fin Side, where we'll talk about Jarvis Landry and his impending, you would think, contract extension. That should be a story here throughout the summer. But you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Spreaker, and on YouTube. We're not hard to find, and we are definitely back here for the next about 10 or 11 months here for you, bringing you the best Miami Dolphins content. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fifth side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fifth side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fifth Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.